2: Ah, feeling a little melancholy with that song because of an anniversary, which I'll get to in just a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those of us who are big rock fans, this is uh, kind of a somber day, anniversary-wise, with that band. Welcome back. This is the second hour of At Your Service this evening. Dave Simons filling in by day, the CFP-certified financial planner. And by night, just the everyman who's coming downtown to host this Uh, at your service tonight with the really bad back. I told folks in the first hour how I had, um, I have a, a little bit of a history with bad backs, but this was the worst this morning. I've never felt pain like that as I tried to get up from just doing some minor stretching in my living room and, uh, down I went sprawled out, couldn't move. My son who happened to be over at the house, thankfully, as my wife was out of town, um, Really, in fact, it didn't matter probably who was there, but I I admit I felt good that somebody was there because at first I was really concerned I was not going to be able to move. For how long, I don't know. Your your brain does funny things. It kind of goes into that defensive mode as you start to panic. It's like, does nobody ever discover me here for like three days because I can't move? I mean, that's ridiculous, but when you're going through the early stages of that kind of thing. And you really can't move as your whole body's locked up. So, um, was finally able to at least get up on one knee after about mm, 20 to 30 minutes or so. I've never experienced anything like that, that vice grip and down you go and kind of letting out the scream without even realizing it, that you're doing that. So, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to even make it down here tonight. I was going to do the show. I knew I could do it remotely, but I just prefer to, to do it down here. So it's not bad at all when I'm sitting. I don't feel any issue. But as soon as I get out of this chair, I look like that 90-year-old guy who's had major back issues or hip flexor issues. I start walking that I'm I'm really hunched over. My head's about a foot out in front of my feet. And the butt's kind of all clenched up, and I'm shuffling. How about that for a sight, huh? That I just painted for you. That's me. But it will, and I know what to do. I've had some back issues. There's not much you can do except just sort of rest it. But uh, I don't, I'm great when I sit. That's not the problem. So um, let me, speaking of me personally, because it really is just all about me, right? Way back in 1987, October 19th, so yesterday thirty five years ago. Does that name, or does that date ring a bell for some of you? October nineteenth, nineteen eighty seven? We know it infamously as Black Monday, the worst one day crash in the history of the market. In one day, the market fell twenty two point six percent. Can you imagine if that were to occur today? The Dow is a little bit above 30,000, but let's just round it down and just say it's 30,000. That would be equivalent to the Dow. If you woke up tomorrow and then lived through a a Black Monday on, you know, tomorrow being Friday, the Dow would have to fall 6,780 points to compare to what happened back on Black Monday. That to me is almost unfathomable. It just is amazing that that occurred. Where was I and what was I doing? I was a reporter. I was a television reporter for the CBS affiliate in Wichita. And we had beats there, like a newspaper has beats. And I I had two of them. The first was I was the government reporter, which I know sounds boring and at times it was. But at other times... Like in 1988, during the presidential election, you had a lot of candidates come through Wichita, and I was the one that got to do one-on-one interviews with a lot of these folks, Michael Dukakis, Jesse Jackson. Um, I, I didn't interview George H.W. Bush, who, of course, won that year, and I, I, I assume he came through Wichita or at least Topeka or something. I, I don't know. I just i never interviewed him, but plenty of others. And, of course, Senator Bob Dole I got to know really well, being from Kansas. So that part was fun. The other beat that I had, because you, in a town like Wichita, you can't do government reporting every day. So they assigned me something else, which at the time sounds so funny now as a financial guy, but I was given the financial beat, market-related stuff. So guess who got the assignment on Black Monday? Me. Here's what I remember the most about it. It's still very, very vivid, 35 years ago. I went into with a photographer into a large brokerage firm, um, very well known even today. And we set up and started to do what's called B-roll. We were doing some cover video and I quickly noticed two things were occurring. Now, this was before we were called financial advisors. They were stockbrokers. That's what you were. You were a stockbroker back in the 80s. And the phones there were ringing, ringing, ringing. So we obviously got lots of video of the old-fashioned phones just all lighting up like a Christmas tree as all the customers were calling and wanting out. Market was crashing, and apparently the entire economy and country were at the same time as well. So... Two things were happening. The uh, stockbrokers were either agreeing with the customers because they were just as freaked. Nobody had ever seen this. Yes, yes, Mrs. Johnson, you're right. I'm getting out. They were probably doing it with their own money as well. Who knows? The other thing was the complete opposite. One guy in particular, I remember this broker, kept telling his secretary, I'm not talking to him. I'm not talking to her. I'll call him back later. I'll get them And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I feel sorry for those customers because they really want to talk to their their person, but they're not taking the call. That might have been a blessing in disguise, by the way, not to be able to sell because you couldn't get your broker. Who knows? But I was so intrigued by that day that when I did get into the business just a few short years later, that really still colored my experience. I'll never forget it. And one of the reasons why I always have really hit my team hard on is we don't leave the office without returning a call or an email. Nobody is just left out in the dark for 24 hours. I don't care how minor the issue may be because I remember that and thinking what must it have been like not to have a call return, especially on a day like that. And the other thing is more of the human element. Forget about all the black and white data and the fundamental research and analysis. You can throw all that out the door when human beings are losing their minds. And I have been through that now managing money, not maybe to that degree for one day, but over a course of time, like the first time I saw that was back. It was actually in 94 when I was managing money, when the bond market was imploding because Orange County declared bankruptcy and especially the muni bond market. And I had had some panicked calls, I remember, at that time. And then, of course, the tech bubble bursting in 08 and all that stuff in, in between. So that really did color me a lot experience-wise for when I did start managing money. But that was a crazy time because this is what people forget about that. The market had Do you know the S&P 500 was up 69% for the year into August? Think about that. Did you even realize that? Do you think that maybe there was a bubble forming? It wasn't 69% over a few years or even one year. We weren't even, we were barely more than seven months into 1987 and the market was up just shy of 70%. And then it started to slowly decline in August and September and was giving that back, giving that back. And in the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in mid-October, right before Black Monday, the market had three consecutive days that were down, down 3%, down 2.3, down 5.2, heading into that weekend. And even the famed mutual fund manager, Peter Lynch, who was over in Europe at the time that weekend, Fidelity called him home. They could tell something was up for Monday. They were already getting a lot of pre-orders. They were worried we had some bad news coming on Monday. Nobody could have known how bad it was. That's the anniversary. 35 years ago yesterday. There's also two other anniversaries today. one forty years, which is really exciting, and one 45 years, which um, is not so much. Very somber. We'll get to those other two big anniversaries when we return here on At Your Service. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the
0: cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
2: So I am a sophomore in high school, and I'm just starting to really get into music. I guess I was a little bit of a late bloomer because I know a lot of you were younger when you were really into it. For whatever reason, I, I was not until I started to get into high school. And once I I got hooked on kc 95 man, it was it was all over. I just felt a connection, especially to rock, more than anything. And to this day, I just I, I I'm just a rock aficionado. I wish I had talent. I wish I could sing and play and all that, but I do I do appreciate good music. And I'll never forget, I was a sophomore in high school when the news came out on this day, 45 years ago, which would be October 20th, 1977, and a plane carrying um, many of the members of Leonard Skinnerd went down and crashed. There were 26 people on this private jet. They were actually flying... Uh, to LSU the campus there to do a show later that night and they crashed they were really close to getting there the plane went down on the Mississippi Louisiana border and um, six people passed away including the founding member and lead vocalist the guy you heard about to sing there on Freebird that's Ronnie Van Zant. he passed away you also had um, a guitarist and also did a lot of the vocals there with Stevie Gaines and his wife, who was a backup vocalist, also perished along with three others. And then and then 20 people survived. And the band basically broke up for about a decade until one of the Van Zandt brothers got them back together and they started touring again. Um, I just, but I remember that news because I, you know, you're still somewhat young. I was 15 years old and you think, wow, tra- there's tragedy in the world. This is it's not supposed to happen to famous people, and it did. And I remember also the reason behind the crash was they didn't have enough fuel. And to this day, I'm I'm like, well, how does that happen? You do sometimes understand a mechanical failure, which a lot of times is human failure, to recognize the mechanical failure, but it's 100% human failure to not have enough fuel in the tank. There have been some theories that have abounded that somehow the fuel gauge was broken and was not giving them a proper signal. But a couple of witnesses in the plane of the 20 who survived, they've kind of poo-pooed that idea to say, no, the pilots well before that came back and told us, um, we've got a fuel problem and we're not going to be able to make it. I think we we, we were going to run out of fuel. So they clearly recognized there was an issue and they thought they could make it. Um, But it was at night and they... We're hitting some trees, and down they went. So very tragic. Now, I don't want to bring this show down too much. Today is another anniversary 40 years ago. Now, before I get into it, think about this. Okay, October 20th, 1982. Okay, so, um, and it's St. Louis-related. Does that kind of give you a hint? Yeah, it's a little sports-related How about does this give you a hint? Gorman Thomas has proven to be a tough customer. Sitter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's a winner.
0: That's a winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals.
2: Porter throws his mask into the air. The players converge around the mound. The Cardinals have won the game 6-3. The Cardinals have won the National League pennant. And the Cardinals have won the 1982 World Series. Ah, uh, I mean, I've got a smile uh, that's as wide as the Cheshire Cat right now. Oh, man, I, I I can listen to that kind of stuff all day long. You talk about not forgetting that night. Now, at that point, I'm a junior in college up at Mizzou with all my buddies and we're crowded into my apartment out there at Gatehouse Apartments on the west side of campus. And all gathered around for game seven. And, of course, we went absolutely crazy because they hadn't won a World Series since 1967. They went in 68, of course, but they lost to the Tigers. So in 67, I was five. I have no recollection of the Cardinals ever winning the World Series. That was it for me and my generation. And I'll never forget, it was, this is almost like a scene out of Animal House, one of the guys says, "We're driving downtown." Now, you know we're about two hours away, and I don't remember what time it was. It probably wasn't that late because baseball games didn't go as long then as they do now. But let's say it's nine thirty or nine forty-five or so. And your college kid, you could stay out till three or four in the morning. But nothing good could really occur, honestly. For a bunch of college kids who have school the next day in classes, who have, uh, shall we say, been partying a little bit to jump into a couple of cars and drive downtown in the midst of all that revelry, Um, I am so thankful that somehow better judgment came in our little group of about 10 guys that said, nah, let's just stay here. I can't imagine what might have happened otherwise, but uh, man, oh man, I just love listening to that call. forty years ago today for that other anniversary. That was fun. All right. I'm going to completely switch gears and welcome again. This is at your service. Dave Simons filling in tonight. And by the way, I do have a dollars and cents show coming up. Do you know that I have not hosted a Sunday afternoon dollars and cents show since early June? It, it So I host on Sunday, October 30th. So obviously not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, why, might we call it uh, Halloween Eve, if you will? So, almost five months will have passed, which I think is the longest ever. I've gone between dollars and cent shows. But when you have the Cardinals on Sunday afternoons and then you also have the Chiefs, there's not a lot of room and time that you've got. So, um, for those of you who get my uh, commentary, I'll remind everybody. Uh, Again, about that show on the 30th. But back to the market at hand, and I love, I'm such a data nerds, nerdy geek on this kind of stuff. But as of right now, if I were to ask you, how many days do you think the market's been up this year? Don't give me the number. Give me the percentage. 48%. Is it possible it's over 50? Is it 52%? Is it 40% or less? What do you think it would be? In this bear market where the S&P is down more than 20%, how many days on a percentage basis have we been up? All right. The number is 43.5%. I wonder how many of you are really surprised by that, thinking maybe it was even lower. Or maybe you thought it was a trick question and more than 50% were actually up. No, 43.5. Is that significant? You betcha. That is the fifth worst percentage in the past 100 years. Wow. We've had fewer up days this year than any other year except four. The worst ever was 1941. In 1941, only 40.4% of the days were higher that year. So we were already out of the 1930s. The second worst was 1974, 41.5. The third worst, 1932. The fourth worst, 1931. There you go. There's your Great Depression. And this was the fifth worst. Think about that for a second, 43.5%. Now, what I wanted to know is all the previous occurrences, let's say the 10 worst ever. If you looked at them, how did the market do the following 12 months? Well, some folks at LPL Research put this together, and I think it was Bloomberg who um, actually re- reported some of the data, or at least put it together, but actually fairly well. When you average all of the, uh, the, the worst years, not in terms of performance, but just up days, The average return 12 months later was 12.5%. That's better than the historical average of the market overall. Now, there were two years that were still down quite a bit. 1931, the market was down that year 47.1%. To this day, by the way, that's the worst single year ever for one calendar year. A year later, it was down 14.8%. So there is that, now that's the great depression. The other one is 1973. 1973 had the eighth lowest number of days that were higher, 44.8%. The market that year was down 17.4% and the following year in 1974, that was part of the so-called, you know, the well-known 73-74 bear market. And in 1974 it was down 29.7. That's it. Those are the only two of those 10 that were down. Everything else was up, and it was up double digits. Double digits. So there, I leave you with that. Since this year sort of fits into all of those other aforementioned years and others where it's been really, really poor in terms of the number of days that have actually shown us a positive gain, if you believe that we're either in, like, a Great Depression or the beginning stages of it, I don't, or if you think this is going to be a like a long, two-year, really bad bear market, it's plausible. I still don't think that'll happen, but I don't, the odds aren't zero. If you don't think those two things are in the offing, then I would say the market's going to probably look much better 12 months from now. And I actually do. Nobody knows for sure. Of course, I want to be very clear. This is a professional opinion and judgment here. I don't know that we've hit bottom yet. We may not have. But I think the majority of this bear market decline is behind us. I think we'll meander for a little bit after that. And there's a reason I believe that. Once again, history is on our side here that points to possibly a, a near term turn in this bear market. And I'm going to give you that data when we come back. All right. Thanks again for tuning us in tonight. It is 930 St. Louis time. My name is Dave Simons. This is at your service. Worker play. KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go. Welcome back, my friends. 934 in St. Louis. Dave Simons along with you here. So last Wednesday, a week ago, on October 12th, the S&P 500 hit a 52-week low during the day. So we took out the lows from June, and more panic was starting to ensue, especially among individual investors. Oh, my gosh. We thought this thing was over, and now we've just hit another low for the year. It also happened to be the sixth down day in a row really testing people's patience. The market is now higher since then, of course. Doesn't mean we're out of this bear market, but I'm just trying to give you the reminder of where we were a week ago, Wednesday, on the 12th of October. And there is a great research company. I, they have some really um, wild-minded guys and, and gals who come up with these things, create the algorithms to say, hey, I wonder how many times in history, in history this has happened. So... After last Wednesday, they wanted to know how many times has the S&P 500 fallen six days in a row where on the sixth day that happened to be the low for 52 weeks. Oh, and by the way, that was all occurring while we were in a bear market, which we are, which is typically defined, the market overall is down more than 20%. As it turns out, Since 1950, it's only happened eight times. This was only the ninth time that's ever happened. So six consecutive down days, and on the sixth day, you've hit a year low, a 12-month low, actually, and we're officially in what's defined as a bear market. This is what I love, my friends, and it's spread out. The occurrences occurred in 1962, sometimes in the 70s, 80s, 2000s. Here we are again, 2022. So kind of spread out in every previous time, those eight times, the stock market was up double digits 12 months later, except once when it was only up 8.2%. And I think we would take that. The 8 times combined have an average return 12 months later of 31.5%, amazing. Now does that guarantee us anything? Not a hill of beans. Of course not. But we also can't ignore history. I know it's not a huge sample size. We have to remember that. We're going back some 72 years, which is a sample size, but it's only occurred 8 times. But what I do, what I did notice is all the 8 times that are listed all occurred within and around recessions. We are not officially in one right now. I believe, I'm in the camp, and I hate to be in the majority. I'm such a contrarian. I don't like to be in the majority opinion, but I am on this one. It appears that the majority of economists, market strategists, and even regular investors believe that if we're not in one today, we are heading toward one sometime. By the end of this year or 2023, I happen to also believe in that doesn't mean the market's going to continue to decline, 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 and there's even a crash. That's not how the market does it. The market always discounts future news back to today. It's very rare that the stock market falls 24 25%, and there's no economic contraction. Markets typically don't fall that far just because they want to. So the fact that the market has fallen this far, I think the market's telling you, yeah, we're going to be in a recession if we're not there already. That's why I, I firmly believe the majority of the decline is probably already factored into stock prices. But I like the fact that what just happened has occurred eight previous times, and each time the market was significantly higher a year later. But that's a year later. I'm telling you this market is going to continue to test your resolve and your patience. And your nerve over the next few months, if not the next couple of quarters. You can't think near term here. You just can't do it. Here's another one. The sample size is actually even a little bit smaller. It's only happened six times. What is that? Again, these are the researchers at Sentiment Trader. I'm a geek and a nerd for this. I love it when you look at data like this. So, only six times in the past has the S&P 500 been down by more than 20% by the time we get into October? So we're not looking at the full calendar year. There have been other years, of course, where the market's been down for more than 20% for the full year. I'm only saying into the first week of October, since 1950, it's only happened six other times. What Sentiment Trader did is they combined those other six times into a trend line. Likely, you're looking at just the S and P itself, just or a stock, and it's going down, down, down. It shows during that decline going down, bear market. Okay, and then it. This is very interesting. It overlays 2022 so far, and it's uncanny how they match. 2022 is really following. Those other six times where the market was down more than 20% into October. Now, is there a reason I'm telling you this? Yes. Because where the market is today, those other six times combined tended to show a bottoming process that started to occur right about now. And lasted a quarter or two. A lot of volatility, but no real discernible direction. Until a couple of quarters later, and then the market really started to take off. Those other six times previously, 12 months later, the market was up all six times with an average return, get this, of 23.2%. So real solid returns once again. So there's two little bits of past data, which doesn't guarantee us anything, but I think still hints at the possibility Of some nice returns a year from now. We will get through this. We always do. It's just a matter of maybe a little bit more pain before we get there, all right? So, I had said before uh, the break, and I have mentioned this, I I believe I mentioned this last Thursday as well, and also on my commentary, that um, I'm living the dream here a little bit. As someone who has a broadcast journalism background, but I don't do that for a living and haven't for nearly 30 years, um, except for actually getting to host my Dollars and Cents show, which I started back in 1996. Well, I'm adding a new little wrinkle to it, which brings us up to speed in the new technological age, this weird thing that we call podcasts, which it seems like everybody has one. In fact, I just heard the stat the other day. There are 1.9 million different podcasts out there. Well, make it one. 0.9 0.9 million and one, because the Simons Says podcast will start uh, to air or be available in November. Yes, you heard that right. Simons with an S on the end. See what I did there? That's my last name. Not Simon Says. Simons Says. So, of course, we had to get all the legal stuff. Does anyone have that domain? Can we get it, it, its own website? Can we do you know, all this stuff? Luckily, it, it it was open and free, so we secured it. And I recorded my first two. And it's not on investing. It, it can be. There will be some future podcasts where it will be on investing. And I might have a market strategist on. And we might, you know, talk about the boring stuff of investing. But I really love conversationalists. And I love people with a story. And I love people who have a compelling story. And I just let them talk. And maybe it's only 45 minutes, but maybe it's longer than two hours. So the one that I recorded on Monday went an hour and 15 minutes, and I could have kept talking. Like, yeah, I I probably need to start wrapping this up. The one that I recorded the very next day, this past Tuesday, went for two hours and 10 minutes, and it could have gone for five hours. It was so entertaining. There were jokes being told. Of the two hours and 10 minutes, I might have talked for about 12 minutes of it barely exaggerating. So here's the deal, and, I, and I'm and i going to tell you who these two are, and I'm going to tell you a little bit of the background in just a few minutes. But I will make sure I get the word out of where this is accessible and how. I, I can't give you that information yet. The way that it has to happen, because I'm actually – I thought about doing this one of two ways. I could even uh, – oh, I could – Open up my own side business, which I really looked at, and it would just be like Dave Simon's Media Enterprises LLC, and it would just be completely off the radar here. And um, I would just fund it myself and do all of that, and then I could do anything that I wanted on that. Or I could do this through UBS, which is easier, cheaper, of course, because I got the backing of a company. But you have to sell your soul just a little bit, honestly. You, not to say that I can't talk about anything, but there are certain restrictions in terms of what platforms I can use, what social media outlets I can use. And for me, that I was willing to give up some of that in the early stages. There's a good chance if this thing really takes off that I may go back and do it on the independent route. We shall see. But I want to get the word out as much as possible. So for me to get some bigger national guests, I've got to have a ton of followers. And I, I, I'll i beg. I mean, I will. I'll ask for the order. I'll be the sales guy. I'm like, please just take a listen to it. I need to get these numbers up. So I'll t- take my last break here. When I come back, I'll tell you what these first two guests are and then a hint of some other people uh, down the road. And that's not the only thing that we'll talk about when we come back. There's some other fun stuff, too, that we'll end with. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back on At Your Service. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back. It's 948 in St. Louis. It's been a real treat to be able to come down here, soar tight back and all Sitting is okay. Getting up and walking to the car is going to be a little bit of a treat. We'll see what tomorrow brings. So I um, was talking about going into the break, this podcast, Simon's Says Podcast, so $1.9 million and now me, adding to the noise out there. But what I'm really looking for is a guest who has a real compelling story to tell and can tell it well. So the first guest that I recorded on Monday is a gentleman by the name of David Hawkins. David Hawkins is one of 12 kids from East St. Louis, 11 boys and one girl. You think the girl was looked after? <laughs> yeah, probably. And I got to know David. I knew who he was before we were acquaintances, but I didn't get to know him as intimately until he and I went on a, a, a kind of a missions related trip to Africa in 2018. And we sat in the back of a bus driving out to a village, just bouncing up and down out there. And we talked for about an hour. And it was awesome because we really were raw with each other, particularly with black and white issues. And that's the thing. When you talk about with, with someone who doesn't have your background, and you talk about issues that are deemed controversial out there, and they don't they shouldn't have to be, but in today's society, when everybody is yelling at each other, everybody is arguing, nobody has an open mind, and humility seems to be a virtue that has long since passed. It's nice to sit down with someone who you may disagree with, but you affirm their opinion and say, well, you, I get it. You feel that way because this is part of your life story. This is your life origin. If I grew up like you did, I would probably feel the same way, but I don't, and I also have a valuable opinion, and I need you to hear me out too, and you just listen to each other talk, and at the end, you may still disagree with each other on issues, but you respect each other, and so we've become very good friends, and I always thought, this guy needs to write a book. Boy, does he have a story. Twelve kids all come out of East St. Louis, and they're all successful in their own way, including David Hawkins himself, and that supposedly isn't supposed to happen, but it did for this particular family. Why? And we do get into issues like Black Lives Matter and crime in St. Louis, and it's very compelling, and I and I let him talk. But we also really, and I hope this is the tone that you'll hear, a mutual respect for each other as we start talking about this, even though I let... I really wanted him to give his opinion because the podcast is about the guest, not about me. Hour and 15 minutes of some raw discussion and some fun discussion in there as well. The next day on Tuesday couldn't have been any more different. You talking about lighten it up and, um, and lighten, lightening the room, really, was Frank Opinion. That name right there will conjure up a lot of memories for people. Some are like, oh, I never really cared for the guy. Or I love the guy. I can't wait to hear it. Or who's Frank Opinion. (laughs) All of that. But once the mic came on, I just basically sat back and let him go. But what I really wanted was his story. How does a guy who never finished school, or college anyway, and who got into a lot of trouble and finally said that school's not for me? How does he become financially the most successful person financially in the history of St. Louis radio? How does that work? What was his key? And we really dig into that. And yes, he even tells several jokes. We didn't have the special effects that made his show well known, but you didn't need them. I mean, it was still a great time. And and it, you'll see, you'll hear this when you hear the podcast. There were several times at the end I needed to wrap this up. And he was game for it, but then something else would pop into his mind. That man, even though he's in his 70s, his brain just never shuts off. He still has this high energy, and he just wants to tell stories. And I decided at the end, he's got to come back. Uh, there, there's so much that we still didn't talk about. So those are the first two podcasts that I've recorded, and my goal is to have one every two weeks. And my goal is to also release those two. They'll be the two in November. And then I've got some other uh, guests that I'm talking to here as well that will be in December and so on. So most of the time it will have nothing to do with finance or investing or economics. It'll just be people who are known uh, in the community and people who uh, have really good stories. Now, I would love this to not just be a local flavored podcast. I would love to get some of the bigger names out there uh, um, who who have a real story. But that that that's difficult to do at the beginning because you might get someone who's well-known. And the first thing they're going to say is, look, I've been on 23 podcasts. I have 17 more lined up. How many people listen to your podcast? 17? No, thanks. So it's got to be into the thousands, the tens of thousands and beyond. It's going to take a while to get there. But I will do my best to get the word out uh, about that. So if you would like to know when this is released and how to be a part of it, you do. I will be on the air, my dollars and cents shows, and I'll get the word out that way. But the easiest way is just to make sure you're getting my Friday weekly commentary. And that's where I talk about a lot of the stuff that I do on the dollars and cents show. And I, uh, In fact, it'll come out tomorrow, of course, being Friday. And that's where I update people when I have my next Dollars and Cents show. But it's also going to be the regular place where I say, here's my next podcast guest. This is what we talk about. Um, It'll be on Spotify. It'll be on iTunes. It'll be on a lot of stuff. We are taping this with video. But right now, they will not be airing with video. Sorry. That is a compliance-related issue that I can't fight. So it'll just be in the Canon video. And then someday, if we ever want to... Throw out the old archives of the early podcasts when that is allowed, and someday it will be allowed, we will have the video. But uh, at least here at the beginning, it looks like we'll just have audio on that. So how do you sign up for that commentary? It's only $1,000 a year, and just write a check. No, I'm just kidding. It's free. So you just go to david.simons at ubs.com. That's David period Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S at com, I'll uh, make sure my team, I'll get the word out, don't send the commentary out tomorrow until you add the new requests that will be coming in tonight and tomorrow from, from all of you. Uh, if you're somewhat reluctant because you're thinking, the last thing I need is somebody to try to sell me a bunch of stuff and send spam, I say this all the time and I'll say it again, that's not what this is. I've been writing this commentary since 2000, 22 years, and I have never ever sent anything out to any of the email addresses except the commentary i don't even know who you are as your name is put on a bcc template all right so have at it if you wish looking forward to it folks in the meantime i can tell you i will be back on these airwaves on sunday october 30th dollars and cent show from three to five until then hang in there folks we'll get through it talk to you in a couple of weeks